After a faultless performance at Zandvoort, Max Verstappen will be looking to consolidate his championship lead in Monza. But can Sir Lewis Hamilton claim a record-breaking sixth win at the Italian Grand Prix this weekend? Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast, everybody. This is episode number 132, where I'll be previewing the Italian Grand Prix. I'm your host, George Housen. And joining me today, we have Tom Downey of the EF1 podcast. Good evening. And Jared from the Hit the Apex podcast. Good morning. <laughs> as as always, we have many different time zones going on here. So it's currently 4 a.m. for Jared. So he's 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 up bright and early to preview Monza. That's how excited he is for this weekend, I'm sure. So <laughs> so uh let's get into the guy who won the last race, Max Verstappen. He's retaken the championship lead. Jared, he's won the last two races. Belgium obviously didn't have to race a single lap, really, but he was faultless in the Netherlands, like I said. And Red Bull, in general, this this season so far, have been better at power tracks. So it's looking very good for them this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And given that, um, I was com- kind of surprised to look back through the years and look at how Red Bull have only won twice at Monza, I think it is, in 11 and in 13 with, with Seb Vettel. So it's traditionally not been a circuit that suits them. So... Yeah, like you say, they've been better at the power tracks this year. Um, And given that it's been a bit of a Mercedes fortress over the years, I think, yeah, you know, Red Bull might be coming here with a lot of confidence too. And, you know, Max getting that championship lead back as well. He's won, what is it, eight races this year in total, if you include Belgium. So, you know, it is looking really good for him at the moment. So, yeah, if, if I were Max and Red Bull, I'd be looking forward to this weekend. But the whole power unit thing as well at the moment, now that they're on their final allocation as well, that's going to be something to closely look forward to as well because, um, yeah, w- when are they going to take that penalty as well for, for the fourth unit? Yeah, it's a big question mark hanging over Max Verstappen and Red Bull. When are they going to need another engine? Because there's no way they're going to be able to do like eight, nine races or whatever. They're going, they're going to hope that the likes of Mexico and and Brazil get cancelled. But in all likelihood, they will probably be replaced by the likes of Qatar or or Sakir or something like that. So we will likely have 22, 23 races this season still. So it's going to be interesting to see where where that goes with that. But how do you think Mercedes are feeling going to this one, Tom? I mean, they had a second and a third at Zandvoort. They were kind of lucky that Perez started so far down the field, I feel, because of that. But this is a track where they have done very well in the past, but they have also slipped up sometimes. They've also been off the pace. Ferrari run here with Leclerc, of course, in 2019. And of course, how can we forget Pierre Gasly last year? So this circuit really can throw up some surprises. Yeah, Um I think we're all expecting Mercedes to go really well this weekend, as like you said, George, they have done so in the past. But aside from 2019, when Ferrari had that questionable power supply, um, or power unit rather, um, Mercedes have largely been on top. Um, like Jared mentioned, Red Bull last one here in, I think, 2013. Um, they certainly haven't won in the hybrid era. And Max doesn't have the best track record at Monza. You know, last year, for example, he DNF'd in all three Italian races but he did also win Imola this year, so take from that what you will. Um, this year, I think it's going to be a bit different. I do think Mercedes will be on top, just. Um, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park like, like they're expecting or like they've previously had. 
especially if you look at sort of last year when they didn't have any real competition. Um, that Honda unit in the back of the Red Bull and the Alpha Tauri this year is a different beast. It is to, to quote the, to quote what kids say, build different, and it's you know quite literally, and it's um, and it gives a heck of a heck of a shove down these straights. Um, I with Hamilton's sort of track record here, and especially given that he he has just slipped behind Max, um, and also with perhaps a pending announcement tomorrow before one o'clock, shall we say? Um, you know, I think there'll be a bit of momentum towards the Mercedes side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's been revealed today that uh, Valtteri Bottas will be driving for Alfa Romeo next year. And of course, of course, we've said it for a very, very long time, probably since the very start of this show over two years ago. The the guy that's going to be in that second seat will be uh, George Russell next year. You have to feel that. I'm surprised it's not already been revealed already, but it has, but it hasn't been. So we're still we're still waiting on that one, but it's only a matter of time, surely. Um, yep. But touching on the second drivers, Jared, obviously, despite having both of their cars at the front, uh, yeah, uh, the last weekend in the Netherlands, uh, Mercedes couldn't pull off an alternate strategy to beat Max Verstappen. Verstappen was just too damn quick. So if Perez can get his qualifying right, whether it's this, whether it's the him or the team get get the qualifying right, could you see some alternate strategies coming into play with the second drivers this weekend? Yeah, definitely. And I do feel like Perez has the opportunity this weekend to um, qualify more at the front. Um, of course, we've got sprint qualifying on again. So, you know, apart from him spinning in Silverstone, I feel like sprint is something that would suit him a lot better than the traditional one lap because he gets to do some passing and we all got to see what Checo did on the weekend um, at Sandvoort in terms of passing. So, yeah, it just needs, you know, one or two clean qualifying sessions in a row to, to be able to qualify up there in the top five because then it just makes it'll make life easier for Red Bull. And I think we all sound like a broken record, um, whether it was last year with Albon and the year before with Gasly, that uh, you know, the the second Red Bull car is just not doing good enough in qualifying. And the talk about the gap and everything, it's you know, out to half a second or whatever between Max and whoever's in the second car. So, you know, it's I think, yeah, just Checo needs to put in that performance to to kind of shut up. The, the critics and give Red Bull that opportunity to be able to um, come up with an alternate strategy during the race because not always is, you know, pure pace on Max's side going to win them races. So they're going to need that second car to, to kind of back them up. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Red Bull did try and uh, to try and do a bit of an alternate strategy with Checo. They, they put him on the hard tyres at the start of the race in, in Holland, but because of you-know-who, Voldemort, he shall not be named. <laughs> he ended up getting a massive flat spot and having to stop early. But he still recovered to points. I, I, I'd still say it was a great drive by him. Uh, but obviously, he needs to be at the front of the grid. He needs to be helping out Verstappen because say what you will about Bottas, he does do all right in qualifying. He's usually up there, especially in dry conditions. So we'll see how that plays out. The second drivers, as always, they could be very crucial. Um but let's get into the midfield now. And our new third place team, Ferrari. Now they're coming into their home race on a high. They finished fifth and seventh last weekend in the Netherlands. Obviously, McLaren not having the best weekend. But to be honest, Tom, 
I, I don't see them doing too much this weekend. They, they've got a weaker power unit than a lot of the guys around them. We all know how powerful, how important horsepower is around Monza. So how do you see the Scuderia getting on, on in the home race? Uh, not great, to be honest. Um, I see them being out in Q2. Maybe Leclerc might, or one of them might sneak it through to Q3 at the expense of someone else. Um, dare I say it, at the expense of Mr. Russell. But... I yeah I don't foresee them doing particularly well. It is such a power dependent circuit, Monza. You know, it is called the Temple of Speed for a reason, um, and the Ferrari power unit is probably only marge- marginally stronger than the Renault unit. Um, you know, possibly even weaker at the minute. You know, you know I, I don't have anything to hand, which will show me sort of like, which will help to give me a sort of like rough answer on that, but. It's definitely the worst or second worst engine on the grid. And there is some distance between that Ferrari unit and then the likes of the Mercedes and, and the Honda units that we got at the front of the grid. So it, it'll be great to see a load of Tifosi there, you know, assuming they will be there. And I hope they will be there because Monza has one of the best atmosphere, best atmospheres, sorry, for um for a race, if you like. You know, the Tifosi are fiercely loyal. Um, especially after having the loyal Dutch fans we just had. So in terms of support for, for the team, it'll be good. Um, but I don't think they're going to do very well. Yeah, Quali, maybe into Q3, one of them. The race, if they have a bit of... Oh, of course, we've got that sprint thingy. Um, they might even go backwards in that because if they get a good lap in on Friday, they might just get sent backwards on Saturday, though because it's effectively, what, like a 10-lap race, so I don't see it being great for them. Oh, it could be a long weekend for them. But saying that, if if they've got some sort of special Monza spec, which they might well do, because they have to perform at Monza, they have to perform at home, if they've got something like that, they're going to deploy it for this weekend. But they didn't do very well at Spa, and that's another big power-dependent circuit, and it was qualifying in the wet as well, so it helped. It should have helped them, if anything, but they had a very poor weekend there. Um so we'll see how they get on. But a team that should do well this weekend are McLaren. Now, they've got the Mercedes engine in the back of the car and they'll be very eager, Jared, to kind of make up for Zandvoort because it wasn't really a case of Norris doing amazingly well and Ricardo struggling as usual. Both of them struggled. The, the car just didn't have that much pace, but I'm expecting that to be different this weekend. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock to see them struggle in Zandvoort, especially through qualifying where... Norris didn't even make it out of Q2. And then in the race, Dan Dan just said, yeah, no, had had no pace. So, yeah, at a circuit like Monza, would expect them to do a lot better. Um, they've slipped behind Ferrari, you said, as well, in the Constructors' Championship again. So um, that's something that they're going to have to look at getting ahead. And, you know, one thing I've praised McLaren for over the last couple of years when they finished fourth and then third in the championship was their consistency. You know, they might not come out and get that um, result or, you know, the show pony result like Ferrari has or, you know, with the pole positions or going for the win there at Silverstone. But over the course of the season, they've they've been the more consistent team. And, you know, as well for Ricardo this season, he has not been on the same level as Lando 
and I feel like he needs to get, you know, a, a good result under his belt as well to be able to get that boost in the points. You know, I'm not counting the fourth at Spa either. Like, I feel like if we did race at Spa, he could have been on for, for a podium that day. But um, definitely Mons is a place where I think, you know, a result for Ricardo would be great. But also, you know, I feel like because McLaren are going to go go well um they should bag a whole lot of points and who knows if we have a crazy race like we did last year and let's be fair you know last year did raise the bar a little bit as far as expectations at monza you know they could be in contention for the podium again that's just that's just me being real wild at the moment well the crazy thing about mclaren this season is to predict them getting a podium it's not that wild really um They've been very consistent this season. They have let themselves down at times, but yeah, I mean, in, in qualifying in general around power tracks, they do well. I mean, obviously, Lando was incredibly fast at Spa. Daniel Ricciardo, he did qualify fourth and he finished fourth because of the way the thing was, but, you know, fair play to him. He still had to do the lap and he did it and he made it count. So, yeah, I'm hopeful for McLaren this weekend, but they have been kind of worrying me a little bit. I'm not I'm not overly confident they'll do well. I'm not convinced they'll do well. I'm 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 kind of thinking they probably will. Um so let's before we get into the team that's fifth in the constructors championship, I'll just give a little uh, little message here. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, you get a shout-out at the start of the next show after we get that review. So yeah, just give us a five-star review on there, say what you like about the show. And um, we'll give a, give you a little name drop at the start of the show. So Alpine, Alpine is still in fifth place in the constructors. It, a good weekend for them in Zandvoort. Sixth for Fernando Alonso, ninth for Esteban Ocon. They're keeping these points rolling over, Tom. I mean, I, I didn't think they had a hope in hell of getting fifth in the constructors championship. But if they keep doing this, they're in with a definite shout. But again, like Ferrari, I, I don't think they're going to do too well this weekend. Yeah, um... Alpine have been a bit of a surprise, you know, perhaps the result in Hungary has sort of like artificially inflated that their results, but also, you know, you take the opportunities in front of you. Um, Spa, yeah, doesn't really count. Um, you, know, they, you know, they just drove, they just went for a quick Sunday drive in the rain and then parked up and went home. Um, but last, yeah, last weekend, is it? Just just about last weekend, I'm losing track of the days now. They they did they did pretty well in Zambor. Um, you know, Alonso really got his elbows out at the start. Um, and I think Giovanazzi tapped him at the start as well because Giovanazzi was pushed off by possibly one of the McLarens. So Alonso could have potentially been sent into a spin or had some damage to the back of his car for the whole race. But but no, they 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 held on to the positions they had and they did well coming into this weekend. Um, I think they are going to struggle like Ferrari because of that power unit. Um, there's going to be, you know, they might do okay on one lap pace. You know, both both drivers have done pretty well on one lap pace this year. But come the sprint event, I think they're going to go the same way as the Ferrari power cars. Yeah, the slipstream will not help them. The long straights will uh, will not help their power unit deficit. But who knows? I mean, they've had some very surprising results, Alpine, this season. Not least Esteban Ocon's win, of course, in Hungary. Um Another surprise win for another Frenchman 12 months ago was for Pierre Gasly at this very circuit, Jared. I mean, I still can't believe that happened. That has to be one of the most surprising victories in the history of the sport without any sort of doubt. I, I think it's fair to say we do not expect them to do that well, but 
how how did Pierre Gasly get fourth place at Zandvoort? That that just speaks volumes about how he can qualify this car incredibly well. He could he could really upset the odds this weekend. Yeah, he's kind of done the same thing he's always done since he's gone back to Alpha Tauri and just been consistently up there. You know, he he might not. Um, what do you call it? Like cause much of a stir or, you know, make the headlines, but he's, he's there or thereabouts. And, you know, when we're looking at Ferrari and McLaren fighting for third in the constructors, it's someone like Gasly who can upset them. Like they, they might not, you know, lose out to him overall, but, you know, on the day he can take that result away. So on fourth, you know, he might have had a lonely race there at Zandvoort, but it was still pretty impressive to to stay up there and then, you know, keep the Ferraris behind. You had Alonso at the end of the race as well, um, make a few passes. So, you know, and yeah, like you said about last year, it's still a bit of a shock that it, that happened and it was such an exciting race to see him win too. So, um, yeah, who knows what they can do this weekend. And the funny thing is... Um, Alpha Tauri always or Toro Rosso in the past, they've always done pretty well at Monza. You know, it's their home track as well. So, you know, they've had two wins here, <laughs> both like both wins that they've had um, in the team's history have come here. So I'm sure they'll be looking for a good result this weekend too. And, you know, Gasly's the guy, definitely. Gasly is the guy, absolutely. And, and you very rightly do point out that both of their wins in Formula 1 have come at this track 13, sorry, 12 years apart it was. So, yeah, am- amazing. Um, amazing from those guys last year to win this race. I mean, that was one of two real surprise wins. Uh, that and obviously a uh, racing point as well. Um, at Sakir, Sergio Perez. But um, the other, the other we've, got to, we've got to mention the other guy in the Alcatari though, Tom, Yuki Sonoda. I mean, I... I don't know. I don't know what to feel about the guy. I, he's got he's got such pace. He's got such talent. He just he, like I keep saying, he just needs to rein it in a bit. He had a very nondescript weekend at at Zandvoort. I must admit, I did miss the reason why he was out of the race. I'm, I don't know if it was mechanical or he, or he, uh, or he, he just went wide. No, he had a power unit failure, so they retired him. Fair enough. But he wasn't really doing anything until then. He was miles off his teammate. Um, you know, Gasly is just one with the car. He is getting absolutely 110% and a little bit more out of that thing. But Sonoda still is struggling. So how, how do you feel about him going into this weekend? Because this is a track that should suit the car. It's got the Honda power unit. It's the long straights. It's a relatively simple circuit, if you will. It rewards drivers that attack it. But Sonoda has to kind of not attack it too much. Oh, where do we even begin with Sonoda? Um, I said it before and I'll say it again. He is in Formula One too soon. He needed another year in F2 just to hone his skills, just to master his craft, like Mick Schumacher did. And I said this to someone uh, in the Everything I've Won team the other day. He's only in that car because he is a Honda back driver. If he wasn't a Honda back driver, he'd be out. And I highly doubt we'd be even thinking about him for next year. If we look at other teams, I mean, if if, if we take most other teams, it is pretty rare that we have one driver qualifying fifth and another driver qualifying fifteenth. I know Verstappen and Perez this weekend. But it's not, but Perez is in Q3 most weekends. Sonoda 
has fallen into that group of, oh, I think he'll go out in Q1, it's almost a given, or he's likely to DNF because he seems to spin it more than Mazepin. Um, he just needs to rein it in. He needs to get his head down, and he, he just needs to sort of try and fly under the radar a bit. I get the Red Bull Junior programme, as we know, is a real pressure cooker environment, but Sonoda, he's not doing himself any favours. I'd like that he's got personality and that he shouts over the radio and stuff. It's entertaining, but it's not going to help him because he has these sort of like snappy outbursts. He sounds like a sloppy child to, to all intents and purposes. Now, when I was 21, yeah, I was quite volatile in some of my reactions. You know, I'm apparently older and wiser now. I'm definitely older. The wiser bit is still down for the jury to decide. But, um, but, yeah, I, I think coming into this weekend, if he doesn't get a good qualifying result in whether it's the qualifying as we know it or the sprint thing or whatever it is, um, people will probably start asking questions. Um, and he he just needs a good run of races just, just, to, just to get himself sorted, get himself settled and to get his head down and get some consistent points. I'm looking at his thing here now. He came six in Hungary, um, but he didn't score points. Well, he also retired in the Netherlands. He didn't score points in Spa. Didn't score points in Austria the second time out. Didn't score points in France, in Monaco, in Spain, in uh, in Portugal, or in Imola. He's only scored points in Bahrain, Azerbaijan, Styria, Silverstone, and Hungary. Whereas if you look at Gasly, he's been on the podium. Gasly has been fourth and fifth and sixth in pretty much all of his races. You know, the only time Gasly DNF was the first race of the season. You know, he, he needs to do something and he should be better this weekend because, like you said, the car will probably suit the track this weekend. Obviously, AlphaTauri had a fantastic result last year with a bit of luck going that way. But I would expect to see him sneaking into Q3. I don't think he will. He really should do, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jared. Are you trying to? Are you trying to say something about oh, it? Sorry, I can, sorry. I can see. No, it. no, 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 no. Okay. No, no. My, I'm just agreeing with what you're saying. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that's frustrating about, it. and the and the bad the bad thing for Sonoda as well is obviously Honda are pulling out after this year. Is backing in a way it's effectively going. Yeah. But what what's in his favour is that. With the greatest of respects to Yuri Vips and uh, Liam Lawson and uh, Doravala in, in F2, I, I don't think any of those guys are really quite ready yet. I think they all need at least another year in F2, as, like you said, Sonoda probably needed as well. But, you know, sponsorship and backing and everything kind of dictated that. So, yeah, just, um, just, just, just one more thing to say on that. Sonoda should have stayed in F2 for at least another year, and Alpha Tari should have held on to Danny Kvyat because Kvyat was really getting his proverbial together last year. Yeah, he was. They let him um, go too soon. 100%, yeah. I mean, I think the irony is, I think he's gone to, he's gone to Alpine as a test driver, hasn't he? The reserve driver. And yep. I think I think with Kvyat, Alfa Tauri would be comfortably fifth in the championship. 100%. But um, as it is, Alpine's current backup driver is, <laughs> you know, the, the missing piece in the puzzle, really. Um, another another team that will be disappointed in with their recent form will be Aston Martin. I mean, I'm just look. I didn't quite realize how cut adrift they were uh, fifth and sixth. There's a there's a big old gap, 31 points between 
Aston Martin and Alpha Tauri in the Constructors Championship. That's not going to be easy to close. And after a, a very nondescript, we barely even noticed Vettel and uh, Stroll in the race, at least I did anyway, uh, last weekend. It's, it's kind of worrying times for Aston Martin, but they do have the Mercedes engine in the back of the car. And I think they probably will do better this weekend, Jared. I think they're probably going to get some points, but it's not going to be easy for them. No, and, you know, I guess that gap that you're talking about in the points for them as well wouldn't have been helped by the disqualification for Seb there at Hungary either, getting P2 taken off. So, um, yeah, again, they've got Mercedes engine. They could do well this weekend, but it's it's been pretty underwhelming you know, and considering this was a team who had on paper the third uh, fastest car last year and, you know, given not much has changed or, you know, the, the floor tweaks for this year, they shouldn't have lost too much pace. It's gone completely in the other way. And you're talking about Sonoda, um, where he is in the championship. Well, Lance Stroll has got the same points as him at the moment down in 14th. So um, it's it's been pretty anonymous the year for stroll so far and and seb you know he's getting the odd result here and there so you know they're, they're kind of in a fight with themselves at the moment because you know alpha tower you've gotten gotten that far ahead and alpine of course are in their own little league too so i don't know what 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 the deal is with aston martin at the moment i know we're looking forward to next year and the new rules and and seeing how they go then but Surely, you know, with the the amount of investment and the kind of team that they've got now compared to what they were a few years ago, you'd be getting better results than, you know, 12th or 13th um, around Zandvoort. Yeah, that was really not the weekend that they needed. And something else that I've noticed as well, I mean, I don't think Williams, with the greatest respect to Williams, I don't think they've got a hope of Helena catching Aston Martin for seventh, but the gap between them and Aston Martin is 33 points. The gap between Alpha Tauri and Aston Martin is 31 points. It's it's almost a very similar gap. Like you say, Jared, they are in a battle with themselves. They are just nowhere. They're in no man's land. They're just by, the, by themselves. So they'll be hoping for a big points hole this weekend. Um, and of course, Williams, Tom, will be looking for any points at all. And I think more importantly, for their drivers to make it through qualifying without crashing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah you, you, <laughs> so that, 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 like, that completely threw me there for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah. Obviously, Russell had a little off, but let's see if he had, had, a, had a big oof in qualifying. Um, they should hopefully be a bit, you know, a bit more sane this weekend. Um, obviously... Come qualifying, you know, George will. We will all know that George is going to Mercedes next year. You know, in, unless Mercedes, you know, really like, you know, blindside us with like Ranganathan or someone going to that seat. It's oh, just a, I know. Yeah. It, it's it, let's be fair. We all know it's going to be George. So he's probably going to be riding a high this weekend, like I think he was in Spa, for example, because because if you look at his body language, then, um, yeah, Latifi is big. Begun to get a lot more consistent, I've noticed as well. Ever since the two rounds in Austria, I'd say, he's he looks like he's been a lot more settled in the car and he's been getting into Q2 more. He almost got, I think he'd have been on, certainly on the cusp of Q3 last weekend. And that Williams has definitely improved a lot. Um, mm. It's like you said, it's not going to catch Justin Martins. It's not going to catch the sort of like Formula 1.5 that's going on in front of them. But 
it's Williams, they should should do all right this weekend, especially with the um that Mercedes power unit in the back of it, and then just put the skinniest of wing on that you've got. You know, basically just you know, it's the same Monza thing, isn't it? You just you just put the skinniest wings on imaginable and then just crank the power unit up to eleven and off you go. Um so Russell, I would think, would probably be on the cusp of Q3. Um, he'll he'll certainly sort of like be in that knockout towards the end of Q2, I'd imagine. The Tifu will probably be just behind and the sprint quality. Hopefully they can hold their positions, maybe even gain a couple of places if they get good launches, which will set them up nicely for Sunday. Um, I'm not going to say oh, George Russell's going to get points because it seems to be the eternal curse in F1, even though he's got them now. But... Uh, <laughs> They could do okay, um, you, know, you know, especially if like the likes of like Alfa Romeo go sliding past them, which with that Ferrari unit, I think they will. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Alfa Romeo are going to be up so much this weekend. But Gio obviously oh, no, no. did a, did massively well in qualifying at Dutch Grand Prix. But um, yeah, for Williams, I I think I think you're right. I think George Russell will either be on the cusp of getting into Q3 or we'll get into Q3 just about. And at the end of the day, before his engine failure, Russell was up in 12th after starting 11th. That's a, that's a very solid race. A couple more retirements, he would have been in the points. So I think he's got a chance, especially if he starts on, the, on a free set of tyres. If, if he doesn't qualify in the top 10, starts on the medium, starts on the hard, could really good, run a good alternate strategy like Aston Martin and Vettel have done a few times this season. I think we could yeah. see that from Williams. And of course, around Monza, it is not easy to overtake. So... We'll see how they get on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we mentioned brief, mentioned him briefly there, but Alfa Romeo, Giovinazzi doing incredibly well in qualifying, being very unlucky in the race with his puncture, but him and Robert Kubitz, obviously Robert Kubitz was in for Kimi Raikkonen, and I expect he'll probably be in this weekend as well because it usually takes over a week to get over these things. Um, they just didn't do anything in the race, Jawad. It's, it, it could be a very... I mean, it's not truly their home race. It's, it's Alfa Romeo's home race. It's not Sauber's home race. The race under the Swiss flag, but it's pretty much a home race for them. I, I, I don't think they're going to do much this weekend, really. No, and you don't really look. That's the thing with Alfa Romeo, Sauber. You, you don't really look at them every weekend and expect them to do much, really. They kind of just make up the numbers at this stage you know Williams are doing a whole lot better and we're kind of you know as you guys saying expect them to get into Q2 and and George knocking on the door of Q3 but I thought Robert did a great job uh at the last minute getting and getting 15th as well there at Zandvoort um and for for Gio I guess it's kind of like auditioning for his future at the moment and whether there's still a chance that he could uh, keep his seat there for next year alongside Bottas or not. But um, he's just going to have to try and do what he can because that's he's kind of fighting for his career at the moment. But, yeah, I don't expect them to, to put on any kind of show or do anything special this weekend. They've got much quicker cars around them in the shape of the Williams, of course, and Aston Martin if you want to look further ahead. So, yeah, they're just going to kind of be out in Q1, I reckon, and um, not really making much impact in the race. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see them doing much at all. Uh, the only potentially interesting thing could hap- that could happen is maybe, perhaps, Cal- Callum Eilat may make a surprise appearance, but I doubt it. I think 
Kubitz is their reserve driver. He'll continue to drive. But I would like to see a young gun in there. I do like seeing Kubitz are out there, but with with the greatest respect to him, it's, it's, you know, he's had his heyday. His best time has come and gone. Um, he's getting on a bit now. He's still, But he did prove he's still capable. He's still good in that car. I think he did a standout job, really, considering he was shoehorned in there at the last minute like he was. Um, but yeah, so Tom, I'm afraid you've got the uh, short straw this weekend. You've got Haas, the last team to preview. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Mick Schumacher, his, his dad won round here five times, but I, I doubt there's going to be another Schumacher win this weekend. <laughs> that car is, uh, yeah, it's rubbish. Let's just say it. The, as, as Phil, who's not on this show, he, w- he was going to come on this show, but he didn't quite make it. He says, the Haas is trash. I think that's pretty much what they're like. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we all know Phil's opinion on Haas. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's fair to say he's not the biggest fan, especially of of, um, of, of, their, of their golden child, Mazepin. Um, yeah, uh, Haas, yeah, good. All I'm going to say is good luck. You're going to need it. Um, you know, if they don't get lapped four times, that's probably worth a bonus because. Realistically, that car is going to get absolutely spanked this weekend by pretty much everybody in front of them. I mean, heck, even the Alphas could lap them. Um, they've got a Ferrari power unit, which is, like I said, arguably the worst power unit on the grid, or the best is the second worst on the grid. Um, yeah, there's just the, the Haas is a dog to drive this year, and you can understand why they haven't put money into it because new regs and all the rest of it next year. Um, so yeah, um, it'll be a good weekend if Schumacher and Mazepin don't come to blows. Um, and if Mazepin could stop trying to put him in the absolute, I need to get oh, sore then. Sorry, if Mazepin could stop trying to put Schumacher in the pit wall, that would be nice. But of course, daddy's in charge and daddy will just sort it all out and make you make it go away. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else to say. There isn't a lot more to say. I mean, I'll say a few yeah. things about uh, Mazepin because obviously I've, I, this is the first show I've been on in a little bit, and just the way the way he went on in qualifying, it sounded like oh, I I had the right, I had the right to be the first guy out there. You know, this you know, dad dad said that I can go first, basically, and I can go before Mick. Nearly taking out Vettel. I mean, I, I mean, Vettel, I think did defend. Uh, Mazepin during a stewards interview, but uh, how they both avoided the penalty for that, I don't know. That's that's just ridiculous. Not that it, it matters anyway, because the last. Well, that's the thing. It's the the last anyway. What are you gonna do? Like, just put some penalty points on the license and hope for a race ban further down the line for him or something like that. And then to put your put your teammate nearly in the wall when you're fighting for like 18th after on the second lap of 72 lap race, it's. It's just awful. It's awful driving standards. I can't. I can't believe Mazepin has escaped that weekend without a penalty. I, I, I think that's disgusting. Because let's be honest, if Verstappen or Hamilton did that while they were fighting for the lead, everybody, everybody beyond be them. Arms about it. Yeah. Just like okay. just like at Silverstone, that people will be raging on Twitter because it's at the back of the grid. Nobody's saying anything. Yeah, and this isn't the first time Mazepin has done this this season in Formula One. No. Mm. You know, he, he did it in Baku and he's done it in Formula 2. He did it about three or four times in in, a, in one of the Bahrain races. It's only a matter of time before his actions like that seriously injure someone. And I know we might keep saying that, 
let's just thank the good grace of whoever that it hasn't happened yet um, and that Schumacher knows just about enough or, or you know, can sort of just, just about get past. But a lot of drivers have voiced their displeasure at Mazepin this year. Um, and I'm not and I'm not factoring in like his off-track antics and all the rest of it. I'm just looking at this purely from a on-track perspective because what he does off-track, that's entirely different matter, but that's also long done and dusted. But his on-track actions, they leave a lot to be desired. You know, he talks about the gentleman code, but where's the gentleman code when you're trying to put your teammate in the wall? Mm. It's it's shocking, isn't it? I, like I said, it's just a matter of time, isn't it? And the longer he gets away with it, the more he's going to try it. I think. And yeah, I think I think there's a I think there's a, a compilation on YouTube of every single driver on the grid complaining on the radio about Mazepin at some point during the season. And we're only just over halfway through it. <laughs> it's oh, that's that's bad. That's really bad. Um, yeah, and, and like you said, even if you take the off-track stuff out of this, it's it's bad. If you factor in the off-track stuff as well, it, it really does not help him. It's it's abhorrent if you factor that stuff in. It's awful, um, isn't it? I'm trying not to go back over old ground. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, but you know he's not doing himself any favors, and his off-track demeanor as well. He just stinks of arrogance and sort of like elitist. And I, I don't want to say this because I don't want to sound like everybody else says this, but it really does feel like because he knows his dad has such a significant impact and input, both financially and whatever else in the team, mm. that he can get away with stuff because he'll just play the, you know, the, the ultimate card and say, well, if you sat me, Daddy goes, that money goes, and if you know, if if from um, or however you say it, pull out. Yes, Gene Haas is still putting money in. It still names the Haas F1 team. Um, you know, you know, you're painted with a Russian flag, um, and and yes, Schumacher's brought in sponsors. I I would put a I I would bet my mortgage that I'm not going to because I can't afford to lose my house. But I would bet my mortgage that <laughs> um, that, uh, that uh, Dimitri Mazepin probably puts in more combined, maybe even sort of like twice more combined than the Schumacher's, uh, sorry, that the sponsors of Schumacher bring in and Gene Haas puts in. Yeah, I agree. If the Mazepins go, Haas probably go with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's awful. And let's not give this guy any more airtime. Let's get let's get on to the drivers <laughs> we'll probably be talking about in the right in the right kind of light this weekend. So let's let's go with our top three predictions. Now I I can only see Max Verstappen winning this race, I'll be honest. I'll go for I'll go for Max Verstappen to win. I think as usual, I think Lewis Hamilton will do just about enough. I think he'll get second place. Um I think it's about high time Sergio Perez gets another podium. I think I'm gonna I'll go for Checo for, for third place. A bit of a boring podium in some ways, a predictable one, but I'll, I'll say that's a Verham pair. Uh, Jawad, what's your top three yeah. prediction? Um, I'll probably agree with you on the top two there, Max Lewis, and gonna go out on a limb and say Lando's gonna get uh, a podium here, special podium for him at Monza, um, and. Yeah, he dropped down behind Bottas in the championship as well, so he's not going to have any of that. He'll get back up into third after this weekend. So, yeah. 
think it's taken this long for Bottas to get into third in the championship <laughs> ahead of Norris. That's bad. That's bad. No, no disrespect to Norris. Norris has been incredible, but yeah. that <laughs> McLaren is nowhere near as good as the Mercedes. Yeah. Or even the Red Bull for, for Perez. So to be yeah. able both those yeah. guys is, is a pretty big feat. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's still ahead of Checo. Fair play. Well, I, just to carry on, what I will say in defence, both Bottas and Perez, they both had incidents where they lost out on good results that, that weren't their fault. So Perez obviously mm. got yeeted off in Hungary and Bottas got royally done over in Monaco when he was bang on for a second-place finish. Oh, God, it was so... I forgot about that. Yeah, that was yeah. so bad, well, that retirement. Lando also <laughs> lost points in Hungary as well, so... Oh, true. So been... Yeah, yeah swings and roundabouts. And probably Belgium too. But then again, I think, yeah, Bottas and uh, Perez also lost down points in Belgium. So, yeah. very bad weekend for all them three that was. But there he goes. Tom, what's your what's your podium prediction for this weekend? Uh, Hamilton and Verstappen. I'm not naming an order. Um, Come on, you know, you've got to do. Uh, I wanted to sit on the fence for that one. Um, no, we're pulling you off. Nope, not like that. <laughs> okay. Right, well, it's another euphemism. Pulling <laughs> <laughs> you off of the fence is what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, seeing as I, as I am a Red Bull fan, and I'm indeed wearing my Red Bull tag hoyer, I'm going to have to say that Max Verstappen <laughs> is going to win. Um, I think he's going to be closely followed by Hamilton. I know it's boring to say that. Um, it usually is those two, isn't it, to be fair, this season? Yeah, and then insert one of... Norris, Bottas, Norris, Bottas, or Perez in there. Um, I'm going to go with Norris. I, I, I think, like, like Jarvis said, I think he's going to bounce back this weekend after, after a bit of a rough weekend last weekend. I, I think he's going to come back kicking. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's, it's bold, it's bold prediction time. Bold prediction time. What am I going to do for a bold prediction? I can't, I, my, my go-to George Russell points is, uh, yeah, it's a bold prediction. Definitely. But, um, no, I, I, I can't do it anymore. I don't want to jinx him. I can't do it to him. I can't do it to the guy. Oh, you know, I'll go, for, I'll go for something probably very foolhardy rather than bold. I'll go for Yuki Tsunoda for a top six. Oh God. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> it probably won't, but it could happen. Jared. What's your bold you, prediction? You almost, um, yeah, you almost took the words out of my mouth. My mouth. I was going to say Yuki Tsunoda <laughs> for a top ten, um, yeah. at least. I'm being a bit more, <laughs> bit more realistic. That, that, is, but, yeah. that, is, that is a bold prediction, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Given given um, what we've said about him so far on this episode, so yeah, I reckon um, top ten for him this weekend. If that's being bold enough, it's not been as bold as me, but it's still pretty bold. So I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you off with that one. Yeah. Tom, what's your bold prediction? My bold prediction both Alpha Towers and both Williams against Q3. I could see that. I could see that. The, the, big, the biggest question marks are obviously Sonoda and Latifi, but I could definitely exactly. see Gasly and uh, Russell being up there. That's why I said both of each team. Hmm. Yeah, it's a bold call. It's a bold call. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so I've mentioned that both of you two are on different podcasts. We'll start with you, Jawad. You've got your own show. Uh, what is it, and where can people find it? 
Yeah, so hit the Apex podcast. You can pretty much find on any good podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, um, and a few others. I can't remember. Google, I think, as well. Um, <laughs> it's just basically me uh, rambling on about racing, mostly F1, but I do cover Super V8 supercars as well. When it is on, it's currently on hiatus due to the ongoing uh, lockdowns here across Australia, um, yeah, and other things, MotoGP, and but mostly F1. So do check it out if you get a chance. Uh, me rambling on my own about it—that's that, pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And we're on and on on Twitter. We're at Hit the Apex Media as well. So that's the Twitter handle. I've noticed as well. Have you got some official merchandise as well? Is that what's on your shirt, or am I? My seeing that wrong? No, no, I don't have merchandise. No, oh, I thought I thought it was. I just saw some letters in a phone. Is that, is that, no, it's not. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's something. It's something else. Tom, yeah. I mentioned that you're a part of the uh, Everything F1 team, and you guys obviously have a podcast as well. Yeah, we do indeed. Which you've obviously been on in the past as well, George. Um, mm-hmm. So we are Everything F1. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and Facebook page, which is at JoinEF1. Our Facebook group is the Everything F1 Paddock, where we have, I think, coming close to 7,000 members now. Um, it's really thriving, and, and we, we we cover all teams, all drivers. Um, we have some good discussions in there as well, actually. We also have a website, which we're going to be giving a refresh soon, which is everythingf1.com. We have a YouTube channel, Everything F1, and we also have a Discord server, uh, which you can find a link to, I believe, on our website. Um, also, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, iTunes, if you're old school, uh, Pandora, or your usual podcasting locations. Fair enough, yeah. And they obviously have some incredible guests on there. Lawrence Barreto, um, Mark, Mark Priestley. Priestley. Yeah. Yeah, um, we were... Jamie Ch- did you have Jamie Chadwick as well? Or am I making that up? No, 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 we did. We had Jamie Chadwick on the other week. Uh, in fact, today, which is going to be going out one of our future episodes, we have a guest on, um, who I believe my colleague Sean was doing. Um, it would help if I could remember who it was, because we were... So seeing... so big, so big and so important. <laughs> no, 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 I can't remember the name. It's not, no, it's not that. It's just, uh, it's just, we've had so much... You know, since the news of obviously Bottas wealth got announced, we've been having so many different discussions about you know about what's going on. Um, mm. uh, oh, it's Jess Hawkins we're interviewing today, W Series driver, Aston Martin, ah. uh, Tesla reserve driver, and Bond stunt driver. That's who it is. I, I, I knew it was one of the W Series drivers, but I, I was thinking we've already spoken to Jamie Chadwick. <laughs> yeah that is a very uh that's a very interesting guest to have on not, not just a motorsport star but also a uh, movie star as well effectively even though you probably don't see her that much in the film um so yeah definitely check those guys out uh on their on their podcasting platforms and also check us out as well you can find us on youtube where we go out live you can see this episode live uninterrupted and before they're available on any other platform and we're closing in on 200, 200 subscribers on there so do check out uh, the f1 chronicles uh, YouTube channel. Just search for the Formula One Grid Talk or F1 Grid Talk, or even I think Grid Talk. I think it, they come up. The show always comes up with all of those now on there. Uh, and we're also available, of course, on the F1 Chronicles website, f1chronicle.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, and Pocket Cast. Just search for the F1 Grid Talk on all of those. 
Check out our massive back catalogue of shows as well. We've got over 100 episodes to get through. And tomorrow we have an exclusive interview with the head of Pirelli Motorsports, Mario Asola, uh, to discuss the future of the of the tyres in Formula One, his personal favourites, as well as other things as well, and what's gone on this season. Some big mentions to uh, Baku and uh, Belgium as well, unsurprisingly. Uh, to get his thoughts on that was very interesting. So do check that out. That should be going out live tomorrow on all the regular podcasting platforms. Thank you very much for joining us, Tom and Jared. Very much appreciated. Anytime. Anytime as well. Thanks for having me. More than welcome. We'll definitely get you on for some more. And uh, yes, we will be back on Saturday to review not regular qualifying, but sprint qualifying. It's it's definitely not a race. It's not a race. It is sprint qualifying. Don't mention the R word. It's it's just sprint qualifying. That's what it is. We're back on. We'll be back on Saturday evening, uh, about an hour or so after that session ends, to uh, to review that seventeen or so laps of qualifying, competitive running. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you for the next one. Bye bye.